It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. They know that. Last day of February. March is next. That means baseball. It also means we're going to get crushed by snow because we haven't had, we've had almost no snow in February. You're right. You know we're going to get screwed in March. There'll be a snowstorm in April this year. Don't say that. There almost always is. We almost get get, one. You know, whether it's a storm or like, you know, two or three inches, I consider a storm, you know, six inches is a storm to me. And but, you know it's going to be 40 degrees on opening day. Yes. It always that's is. That's going to happen. Yeah, happen. that's going to stink. Uh, right. Weird configuration. They're not weird, just different. G. Bush, <coughs> sick again uh, in his place. On the, the replacement. One, the only McNuggets. And, of course, Adam the Bullets here. That means Anthony's punching the buttons. Right. Hey, everybody. It's been We're a while calling, since I've been back calling here. calling for the buttons to be pushed. He's producing today. Yeah. Director Steve looked at me like, wait a minute, who's hitting the buttons I'm not here? allowed to push any buttons. No, <laughs> just the button to talk to us. It's not that highly trained yet. You, you ready for this, Anthony? You good? You're nervous? How do you feel uh, you when know, you sit I took in for a two-month hiatus from speaking or being on camera after that debacle of stand-up I had, so I'm happy to be back. <laughs> We're glad to have you back. It, hasn't even it, was, been it was three. It was three weeks ago of tomorrow. And yeah. Anthony, uh, great start. You're gonna crush it today, but let's change the banner. That's that's our last topic of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's producing. I don't know what you're talking about. He's co-producing. <laughs> um, you have a story about your stand-up. Speaking of stand-up, yeah. yeah. So I saw my parents this weekend for the first time since yeah. uh, since we did the show. And as I've told you guys before, I think I, I did pretty well, except I use some vulgar language in the show because it's stand-up. It's comedy, some. you know, mm. a lot. And my, so you my, know, you could do stand-up without cursing. Could you? No, definitely. <laughs> but you could. Maybe Seinfeld I could famously Yes, Jim does Gaffigan it. doesn't curse. Gaffigan's clean. Uh, way back in the day, Bill Cosby was clean. Well, I, at least on, well, on the stage. <laughs> With his language. <laughs> oddly enough, Allegedly. Oddly enough, Allegedly. when I wrote out my routine, it wasn't full of vulgar words and then when you get up there it just yeah, you yeah, add in for a little color well and then i see my mom and i love my mom and she comes in and she's just like i am so disgusted by the language you used during your stand-up how could you i raised you better than that uh, she said she laughed at one joke and the rest she'll never watch again but uh there's yeah. certain what words. joke did she laugh at the, o- the only cl- the only clean one the only clean and joke. she didn't get it was it was the, it was the jason one yeah yeah okay Avon some of those Lee, she probably didn't get some of the Ohio you know, ones she didn't get. Yeah. Some of the one about a lot of it was inside baseball stuff. If she watches every day, she might right. Yeah, get she something. got well. She got the I played the clip about you. She got the one about Jay Tyvis yeah. is her favorite because who doesn't love Tyvis? Tyvis like, is everybody's favorite. Right. And she goes, I never really noticed his hairline, but you know, you're kind of right. Yeah. You're kind of right. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Tyvis. My I'll, mother was like, my mother actually saw my mine. And <laughs> yeah, wow. Like the real thrown. version or the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she was pretty thrown off. By that. <laughs> not surprised. Dude, you, at all. you don't use that kind of language in front of your mother. No, do you? I mean I curse. Sure, I but curse not, in front of not, everybody. But not with that frequency. But not like to that extreme. You no. had a, you had one sentence where you just 
Just Hit them all. Did all the curses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a smorgasbord Minus one. of cursing. Minus one. Minus we'll one. About Minus one. Uh, busy, busy show today. Yep. We've got Cavs, Guardians, and really Browns heavy. Browns uh, heavy. Personnel matters. Yeah. Future on the stadium matters. Coaching matters. Very, very busy show. So let's dive right into it, shall we? Um, the Browns this morning. Oh, we got a read to do. My bad. Sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. We do Anthony. have some of that. One second, I have to change everything myself back. See, whenever I blow through a yeah, read like that, that, Rivers action. McNuggets has no problem just saying, Jay, 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 we got to read. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so we got Bulls Bet of the Day brought to you by Bet yeah. Rivers. Hey, did Ohio, Bet Rivers online sport. Uh, it, it's it's season, I did a season long yesterday. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. My bad. You guys are, you guys are killing me today. Yeah. I know. Hey, Ohio, Bet Rivers online sport book <laughs> is the place to be for every single game. Now is the perfect time to join mm-hmm. Bet Rivers sport book when you use code SPORTS. To deposit money, you'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey to help you win big. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And again, my podcast coming up six days from now will return as part of the BetRivers Still called the bullpen? Network. Still called the bullpen. Good. Yes, uh, the BetRivers Podcast Network uh, has uh, Mike Francesa in New York. Mike Missinelli in Philadelphia has one in Chicago. Is Francesa no longer on the radio in New he York? He is no longer on the radio. He does a Bet Rivers podcast. Wow. Yes, he retired. Yeah. And then he was sick of wow. being retired, and he he pulled the director Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. And now he's doing the podcast. Okay. And he's enjoying that. By the way, my my I'll have more details on Twitter, but my Bet Rivers podcast once a week it will be a national show. So I'm going to be doing oh nice anywhere from two to four Cleveland centric podcasts a week. And then once a week, I'll be doing an. Is it a one. daily, five days a week, or it's going to vary from week to week, depending on what's going on? It'll be anywhere from three to five podcasts a week. Um, what is your bet? For, what's your record? Five and four. Five and four five. Okay. with two season longs that we're going to have to wait for yeah. the end of the baseball season. Today, I'm going local. We're going Ball State plus nine. Oh, and that's a big one. That, it's, it's, They're it's, talking it's, about that one in the streets. All over the place. This is the <laughs> biggest game in Ohio history. Uh, bigger than playoff games for the Browns. Bigger than the World Series for the Guardians. Who doesn't love Ball State at Akron? David Letterman's watching this. One He's closely. locked in. Yeah. He's What's the in. Ball State mascot? Uh, the Cardinals. Ball State Cardinals. Good job out of okay. you. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Ball State plus nine at Akron. Ball State beat Akron at home. Ball State's played pretty well. Both teams have a similar record. How much did they beat them by when they had them at their place? Uh, I can't remember now. I think five or six. That's pretty close. Oh, so pretty getting close. nine, I know it's on the road. But yeah. You know, Ball State's played pretty well here, so I like them to keep it close. Okay. So Very there good. you go. Good luck. We don't want to be at 500. 500s break even. No, you make money good. when you're five and four, right. six and four. Absolutely. So we'll watch gotta, that closely. Gotta get back on track here. Okay. Uh, now to our Brown stuff. They cut, yeah. and we saw this coming yesterday. We talked about John Johnson the three was probably John Johnson the third. JJ three was likely to be a casualty when the news came out that the Browns were interested in, in Bengal safety Jesse Bates. It happened this morning. It clears up almost ten million dollars in cap space. Nine point seven five million dollars in cap cap space uh first of all anybody have a problem with the browns cutting jj no as i said we thought it was i think this was we all thought it was likely if not definite so he underperformed in in my book in his second season his first season he did about what i thought he would do but last year he just took a step back i gotta say jay i thought he was not even that good in his first season i thought he was was better better, i agree yeah but but still like when he came here he was and listen as we talk about all the time uh, PFF is not perfect. Uh, those grades are not perfect. Right. They make mistakes too. But he was a PFF darling when the Browns signed yes. him. Yeah. He had had a huge grade the year before, and I I, I thought he was going to be a difference maker. And even when he was better his first year, he wasn't a difference maker. No. He never really was. You know what he I wonder about that bull and and McNuggets? 
system. We always talk about is it system or yep. is it player? Yeah. When Hill and Johnson were with the Rams, they were good. They were a, both. Of they them. were one of the top combos in the league. Yeah. And they came here, and Hill took a big step back. Yeah. Johnson, I thought, took a step back from what we saw when he was with the Rams. Hill went back to the Rams and almost immediately went right back to the level he was playing at before, which really leads me to believe Joe Woods' system may have been so screwed up that you could take good players and put them in it, and they underperform. That has me really excited about what this could look like with Schwartz next year. Especially in the secondary, because we know they have a lot of talent there. It's there. Yeah. I mean, we saw Denzel take step back. Right. We, we, you know, we've just seen it. Uh, Newsom took a step back. I, I'm putting a lot of faith that Schwartz is going to get these guys back to playing at the level that we're accustomed to. Yeah, when you look at John Johnson, he was fifth his final year in L.A. in the PFF grades. Yeah. And like both said, those grades are flawed. But this year, he was the 63rd ranked safety, and he was finished 85th among safeties in tackling grades. So they asked him to be a run stuffer, a strong safety, free safety hybrid he didn't force turnovers like they expected him to. No, yeah. He didn't stop the run like they expected him to. And he never turned into the leader I think they paid him to be. I mean, you remember some of the plays that Tyvis and G. Bush broke down, the effort plays where Tyvis said, yeah, there was nothing he could really do. But when we look at it, he gave up on He plays. gave up on a play. Yeah. And when you have a guy making that much money in a po- position of leadership, which he did wear the green dot for a little bit. Correct me right. if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he was looked at as a veteran leader. You yeah. cannot have that guy not put out the effort necessary to inspire the other 10 players on the field. And I think that was the biggest miss from John Johnson, whether it's Andrew Berry, Joe Woods, Stefanski, whoever thought, hey, this guy could be our defensive leader. That was a bigger miss than what he did on the field. I just wonder if the talent isn't there. It was just misused by Joe Woods. I I think that's a fair criticism to some degree. But I, I never give the player a total pass when they don't perform. Even if no. even if I blame the system some, I got to give some blame to the player. And ultimately, I think John Johnson would often talk in press conferences as if he was a leader on a team. Talked a great game. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't want to hear what you have to say when you're not performing on the field. Right. And, and so, you know, we talked about the Jesse, Jesse Bates thing yesterday. And we all talked about, hey, it might not be the smartest idea to spend a ton of money on safety. Mary Kay reporting today that Jesse, you know, Jesse Bates is – is potentially a target after we discussed it. He's quote on their radar. Right. Yeah. And and listen, we all I think we all agree that there's bigger priorities at defensive tackle, wide receiver, and maybe even linebacker. However, if they're willing to go like if they're like, hey, we already went all in on Deshaun Watson, let's just let's yeah. go crazy. Right. Then Jesse John Johnson and Jesse Bates <laughs> is a significant upgrade. Jesse I, Bates I is is more of a game changer. Now, he's not Minka Fitzpatrick, he's not super elite. But he's just below that, and 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 he's really good. I think he's where Johnson was when he came Come, here. I think he's even better than that. You do? I do. I do. Johnson was right, like top five safety. Right, but but he had done it for one year, Johnson. Right. I, Bates, Bates has is a been longer consistently track good, really good, not to mention something similar to Johnson when they brought him in. Part of the reason they brought him in is because of his playoff experience. Well, Jesse Bates has gone to the AFC Championship game two years in a row. Yeah. He went to the Super Bowl the year before. But he also knows what it's like to lose because he was here earlier on the bench sure. when it was bad. So he would be. And he, he knows w- the division. He knows the division. He would be a good influence on a what is, even though he's not old, he's more. He's as much a veteran as any of the guys in the secondary. Well, he's been to a, he's been to a the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Been to a Super so, Bowl. Alone, so I, I, so you have a, you have a, uh, a comment from, from JJ3? Yeah, we want to take tag board full here. So he says, I wish I could have done more while here. However, I know my best ball is ahead of me. So he's still kind of talking like a leader there. Yeah. He's taking yeah. the classy road out. I mean, that, 
You don't see players kind of blame themselves at all. No, no, no. And he is a little bit. And he went back on, and the rest of that quote was in the article, and he essentially said, I can still play. It didn't work out here. I'm sorry, Cleveland, that I didn't live up to expectations, but wherever I go next, you're going to get a quality player. And I had a thought this morning when I was kind of playing these scenarios through my mind. We know the Browns, what's what I'm looking for? They prioritize certain things. And defensive line and defensive tackle was not something they prioritized this year. In a pass-happy league, I'm curious if they look at the climate of the NFL and say, we can't stop the run, but teams don't run the ball enough that even though defensive tackle may be a more glaring issue talent-wise to where we're not up to league average at least, is it more valuable to get a high-end back-end safety because it's such a pass-happy league? I don't know. Again, I've said this before. I don't know that I agree that they don't prioritize Defensive line, or I just think they, don't at, yeah. they haven't evaluated it well. Well, that and yeah. ultimately you are prioritizing certain things. You, you just are. And based, they, on, based, based on, on money spent? Allocations of yeah. assets. How are, right. you, how are you allocating your assets? And it has been abundantly clear for a number of years that they are all in on defensive backs. That's I mean, true. They, they've gone high in the draft with defensive backs. It makes sense that you are a pass-happy league, and they probably feel as long as we have Miles Garrett, and previously this year would be different, you've got Jadavian Clowney as bookends, we're pretty good up front. So I think they neglected the middle mm-hmm. and the interior of the defensive line, middle meaning linebackers. Yeah. Well, the, what the NFL is so good at doing is diagnosing. They're so good, particularly, if, I mean, I think Belichick really started that. Okay, what do you do well? Where's your strength? I'm both offense and defense. Your strength is defensive backs? Okay, that's cool. We're going to run it. And what was stunning to me was when we played teams, when the Browns played teams that did not make that adjustment, the Patriot or the, the Buccaneers, they ended up winning. It was a very close game. The first game. Bengals game. But the yeah. first Bengals game. These yeah. guys, they, they came in there and said, our strength versus your strength, we just feel we're better. Right. Well, they beat. Burrow and Brady yeah. in those two games. Yeah. Then you had a team like Atlanta that at halftime was smart enough to figure out these guys suck against the run. Right. And they started bringing second and third team running backs in with injury. Right. Guys that were on the practice squad three days earlier. Who did nothing and after that. Gashed, nothing. They did nothing after that, but yeah. they gashed the Browns where? Where they were right. weak. And I, I would have to believe Andrew Berry, if nothing else, is a very smart guy. Yes. I would I have so. to believe that after years of mid-tier draft capital on linebacker and defensive tackle that to this point has failed. Now, maybe those guys with a better coach will improve. We'll see. Yeah. But you can't rely on that at this point. No. They have to spend some capital at defensive tackle, financial capital. You're right. And I think it makes sense to do it, whether that's free agency or trade, and not via the draft. And yeah. Deron Payne got franchise tag this did, morning. Who was the one guy we all wanted. We knew that would happen. Though. Right. It was I mean, expected. Nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody it was, was even planning on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was interesting as I look at the, the allocation of money, how they're doing this. Do you have a ballpark of what you think the Bates deal will be worth? Mary Kay reported. Is he going to get 15 Mary Kay reported upward of 14. I said okay. 15 yesterday, yeah. so Mary Kay said 14. She would have a better idea yeah. than me. But that's, she said upwards of 14 and right, up. So, so right somewhere in, the in that neck of the woods. So, which I, is more than John Johnson was making, for the record. So they're actually it spending is. more right. money He's on gonna the safety 12, position. Right? He's going to make 13. Okay, so 13. essentially the same. But. So essentially the same, but the cap hit at 9.34 or 9.75 for JJ3 means it's going gonna, it's gonna to take money away from other areas. Right. Unless they... Uh, 
unless they get created. Oh, look, it's my guy Cleve T.A. Johnson Cleve. will have to be a post-June first, post first cut to save $9.75 million. So, unfortunately, the Browns can't use the cap space until after June 1st. Watson's 33 to $35 million conversion to bonus will be the next domino, I'm, I'm sure. So See, that's I wondered about that. I wondered why they were – because it said in, it, originally, um, I think it was Mike Garofalo who had, it, yep, had tweeted yeah. that March 15th, when the league year starts. Yeah. But I thought that June 1st was the date. Right. But they announced it. So do they not get the full cap relief? I, I think I, – well, I, I – if Cleve T.A. is saying that, he, he is his he's whole a, life, he's a his stats and analytics and cap, he's all, all over Jason it. Lloyd's going to join so, us. Jason, we'll yeah. him, but I agree with you. But I think, I think is- you can designate a guy as a post-June 1st cap hit, which means he becomes a free agent once the league year starts, I believe. He's just giving but him that, a run-up and the other teams a run-up. No right, one's available. But then you can't use the extra cap space until after June. Okay. Yeah, well, and you could post-date a deal with Bates True. to June 1st. Right, or somebody else, you know. Or someone else. Right, right. you know. He, he, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Here's but, my, uh, my, I think my biggest concern on all of this was, what if there are other teams that want safeties? The Browns are not absolutely. alone in that basket. Yeah. And the Bengals are going to try to re-sign Bates, too. Sure. They're not signing no, they they can, But they, don't, they won't be able to reach that number. I they agree. won't. They, they, have to, they have to re-sign Burrow. They have to, they have to sign Chase next year. They have they have a lot of good free agents. Yeah. What percentage I, you think Mixon's gone? Then? Right. Mixon, they're going to cut. Yeah. Probably. I don't think there's any. The only way Bates comes back to the Bengals is if they franchise tag him a second year, which I doubt they'll do. Okay. They've never done that before, so I don't think they'll do it. Fair. I think Bates. There's no way Bates because they have. Like I said, you, they want to extend Burrow this offseason. T. Higgins is a free agent after this year. Uh, Logan Wilson's a free agent after this wow. year. Uh, Chase is going to have to get paid. Ch- Chase is next year, but. But uh, what's his name's a free agent. There are other good linebackers. Pratt, Pratt is a free agent. They've got a lot Hayden of Hurst is a free agent. Out. They got to decide what to do at right tackle with Lyle Collins. Now, they have a ton of cap. They're actually fifth in cap space in the league. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and They're they can need it though. And they could create more by cutting Mixon and Lyle Collins, which I think they should do. But the point is, I I'll be stunned if he's if Bates is back. So if, my fear thing. is they get in a bidding war with someone. But, but there'll be other teams. Yes. So if 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 it gets too rich for their blood and they tap out and yeah. now they don't have JJ three, that could be an issue. Two things. So we talked about yesterday. ESPN predicted Bates to go to the Browns and their free predictor. Right. PFF predicted Bates to go to the Falcons. Yeah. So there the are other teams. Who cut Marcus today? Yeah, I know. To save twelve yeah. million dollars in a different. Cap casual right, situation. Right, right, yeah. So Bates is no lock by any means to come here. There's a guy on that list, Juan Horn, Juan Thornhill from KC. Right. If it's not Bates, he's the guy. Those are all good players. Yeah. I mean, Bates is the best, but those are all. And Thornhill will come at half the there's price. There's guys, you know. Um, actually, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank again. The Bengals' other safety. Uh, Von Bell. Von Bell. No. Why he's also the Bengals better than you? Come on, Paul. The names he's just falling out of my head. Chop, right chop. Now. I don't know what's happening. By so, the way, we didn't talk about the diet. How's, how'd the diet go yesterday? Great, good. great. Everything's good. Feel good? I feel fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I just thought maybe he's getting brain fog for lack of food. That's yeah, maybe that's, no, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is. Hey, sometimes you do. When I'm hungry, all, yeah, all I'm not hungry, shut though. Down. I don't know, hey. but I can't think of their safeties. Well, though. that's great news. Oh, yeah, hungry. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, thank uh, you. All right. One way or another, we'll continue to follow this. Yeah. The, the Browns now are going to need another safety. So, if, sure. it's, if it's not Bates, it's going to have to be someone that can come in. The good thing about Schwartz is – he knows the personnel. He's yeah. been in the game. He obviously knows who's available, who's good, yeah. who will fit perfectly in his system. Sometimes a team will make a signing, and it's not the best available player, the widely accepted best available player. Right. But it's the player that best fits what 
defensive coordinator or head coach wants no to doubt. do. No doubt. I, I think I think Jermaine Pratt, who we just mentioned, who I couldn't think of his name and you did, is also another excellent fit for the Browns. He'd be awesome. He'd be bite. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. phenomenal last year. He's is, he, get, is he a free agent? He is yeah, a free he's agent. He's going to get paid, though. Wow. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Now, he exploded this year. He had been an okay player until this year, and then he right. just had a monster year. But How it's much another that, guy. You know, it's funny that you guys bring in the new D.C. Yeah. And you had some guys who were, you know, serviceable, maybe even mediocre, and all of a sudden, blossomed. Kansas yeah. City is a team that's done that on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Yeah. They had rookies starting all over the damn place. Yep. Six rookies started. And what's incredible about that is I read a piece a couple of days ago, and it said, no, this isn't, this wasn't luck. This wasn't, you know, finding guys in the draft that other teams didn't find. This is Andy Reid coaching up players well, coaching, to be the best they can be. I mean, coaching matters. You know, we think about more on offense all the time. But, yeah, I mean, the Bengals' D.C. has made a huge difference in some yeah. of their talent. And that's, that's why I was hoping like hell he would have gone to Arizona. And that's, <laughs> I think he's part of the reason they're not afraid to let a couple of guys go because they're yeah. like, well, we'll yeah. bring in somebody else and Lou well, will do a good it's, job with It's them. a little bit like the Browns' offensive line. Yep. We've talked about that. That's before. true. Yes. You've got a guy in Callahan that no matter what piece of clay you give him, he seems to mold it into something that is really good. Except Jed Wills, who well, was, might, might be the best piece of marble he's ever had to work with. Will, the thing with Wills is, I think, he comes in with such high expectations. When you're early first-round draft pick, that's yeah. something you don't think about for 10 years. We were spoiled by Joe Thomas. There are, you know, most of the time, he is, is, does his job. Yeah. When he does it, he looks so bad I think that's that it. his ceiling think, can be here and his yeah. floor is here. I think I do think the more I thought about this, that Jedrick Wills is adequate at left tackle. It's not great, but we, but the, comp, any comparing anybody to Joe Thomas is going to look bad. Right. And you made the point, and you're right. The, when he's bad, he looks really bad. Yeah. He just stands there. He looks lost, yeah. and that's bad. But look at how. You know, Wyatt Teller, the Browns got him for nothing. He had done no. nothing in Buffalo. Now, he hadn't been there long, but yeah. he was a late draft pick. It wasn't like he was a first-round pick. Yeah. Now, Pochich was a high pick, but he had not done anything in Seattle. He'd been terrible. Four years, nothing. And nothing. Callahan turns both of those guys into guys that are whispered for Pro Bowls. Right. You know, I mean, Teller had a Teller was had an interesting year, but Pochich was uh, on yeah. track to be a Pro Bowl he player. He was. Top five-rated PFF center. Right. Yeah, so... Maybe this is going to be one of those issues where Schwartz is to the defensive side what Callahan is to the offensive line, what the Bengals' defensive coordinator was to their unit, yeah. what Andy Reid and, and his coordinators sure. in Kansas City have been to their talent. Because everybody's good at this point. What can you get out of them? How Can you maximize That's their right. skill set? Put them in a position to showcase what they do best. And perhaps we were getting that with Joe Woods he, here. He's going to have everyone might look better next year. He's going to have to because there are too many holes just on the defensive side, they can't fill them all in one offseason, whether it's draft guys, free agents, trades. You're they right. have too it's many like holes to fill. So it is up to Schwartz yeah. to get the most out of the guys they have on this yeah. roster to You're maximize. Right. At least in the yes. first year. At least and in by the way, one. we are – so the, it, for those who don't know, the NFL a couple of years ago went to this thing where the, they have the tampering period for like 48 hours before the league year officially starts. Right. We will be live on the air. When that tampering period begins in 13 days, 6 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> it is noon on Monday the 13th. That 36 was minutes. Two weeks away. Yeah. Did I remember my math yet? Yeah, two weeks. Okay, okay, thank you. No, 13 days. Yeah, it's, it's almost two weeks. Almost two weeks, yeah. yeah. You yeah. said next month, I meant two Mondays. Uh, sorry, two, two Mondays. Minutia. And 
So Monday at noon, which is when the tampering period begins, guys start signing unofficially you, immediately. The, the reports are flying from agents. Flying. They get the word out. You know what's so done. So that, that second hour of that show for us that Monday. It's going to be filled with bonkers. news. Filled yeah. with news. Hopefully, and, hopefully some of it Browns related. Yes. By the way, so, um, you know, I know we talked about this yesterday, but uh, and it makes sense because we're going to make the turn to the stadium. Talk, right. And I know a lot of you are very interested about the new stadium. What's going on? Where are they on that? I'm wondering, did the did the Haslam's hit that billion dollar lottery and we didn't know about it? Like all of a sudden, they're throwing money around. Now we know they're they have deep pockets, but I mean, eight eight hundred seventy to get a quarter of the bucks, Milwaukee yeah. bucks, and now comes talk about the Brown Stadium. Now, for for context, people are saying I've had people yesterday say, "Wow, that stadium's not that old." Well. It's not, but you're surprised when you find out it's a quarter century old. But it's the 10th oldest stadium in the yeah. NFL. That's it's how just quickly the way this now goes they, now. That's how it and works. It's not a good stadium. Let's it's, face it's, it. it's a bad stadium. Yeah. I mean, as as it was built, when I, I was in the very first game when the stadium opened, and yeah. I just remember thinking, feels like a glorified high school stadium. It just felt chintzy. Yeah. And it, it wasn't substantial. When you walk into AT&T in, in Dallas, I mean, it's a – Eighth wonder of the world for crying out loud. It's a castle. You go out now to uh, Los Angeles and you go through that stadium and it's it's a behemoth. It's a showpiece. That's what they build these days because they build a lot of things around it. And the plan in Cleveland is to do that. They want to develop a lot of the lakefront area. But according to this new report, and I want to I want to preface this, this Neil Trans blog reported last summer. They had some things right, but they were wrong on some things, too. So I want to throw that out there. I, I, I mean, I, I believe that a lot of this information is probably true, but their track record is they missed on some things last summer. But according to this this uh, Neotrans or this this uh, this uh, piece yesterday, the Browns and the Haslam Group hired a firm, the firm that built the Vikings' new stadium, to basically do a feasibility study. They wanted them to look at the old stadium, at First Energy, and to see the feasibility of upgrading that stadium, making bigger concourses, making some structural changes, as well as either adding a fixed or a retractable roof. So they looked at the feasibility of that, and then they also looked at the feasibility of buying land somewhere in Cleveland and building a brand new stadium. Most likely domed, because right now that thing is used maybe 15 dates a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, the the Haslam's want to turn that into a moneymaker right. maybe three times a month, four times a month, big events, concerts, tractor pulls, whatever, whenever. Maybe the Super Bowl. Maybe. maybe well, yeah. the, the, the cities that have built new stadiums in this last round of new stadiums all got Super Bowls. All got Super Bowls. You know, you're talking about Minneapolis. Right. Detroit had one not long ago. New York. New York had one. Those are bigger cities. Do we have enough hotels? That's the big question. Yeah, we've right. never hosted a Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. Now, we've done pretty well with big events in the past. Absolutely. In 2016, we hosted more big events than any city in, this, in the country. We had the RNC. We had the World Series. NBA and we Champions. had the NBA Finals. Plus, in the last and, few but, years, you've had the NBA and MLB All-Star Games. Right. So, Has the Final yeah. Four been now, here? Not yet. Okay, now, no. the Super Bowl, I think the women's Final Four is coming. Coming next year. Yeah. Now, the, the Super Bowl is a different beast. Sure. It's bigger a completely than all those different beast. Yeah. The number of hotel rooms that you need, I would think, vastly uh, exceeds what we have and also what we needed for the NBA uh, uh, championship round right. as well as the World Series. Anyhow, this feasibility study that was done 
basically concluded what everyone thought it would. That stadium was not well enough built to start thinking about putting a roof on it. Yeah. I mean, that seems like something that you would see, you know, some guys build a fort, some kids build a fort in the woods. Right, right. Probably not very safe. So I think what we're going to, what we're most likely looking at is the Haslam's or the city purchasing a swath of land downtown. And oddly enough, the piece of land that has most been looked at is where we are sitting right now. Right next to us, right? Here. I mean, they we're, want to take over this too? Yeah, well, if, if they use the footprint that's been discussed, this yeah. building would be gone. Wow, I didn't realize it was coming uh, yeah, all the way to I, us. I didn't well, think it was that far. So the, the footprint that you would need would be four city blocks. Yeah. You would need from 13th, East 13th, all on Lakeside. Yeah. East 13th to East 17th. Well, everything now, east of us is abandoned, east, basically. Well, there is, I think, the uh, FBI, the FBI building, building. But everything east of that is east. Yeah. Well, it's awful. old factories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, a homeless mission right, on Lakeside. Right, across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all of that would be displaced. All of those old factories knocked to the ground. There is enough room. You just have to buy out WKYC. Right. You have to buy out the FBI building, and those buildings would need to be relocated. So that would come at a big price tag. Yeah. But one way or another, what they're looking at is buying some land here, which is directly across the railroad tracks and I-90 from Berkeley Front, to give you some sort of reference of yes. where it is. So it's only about... A driver and a three iron from First Energy, right. where it is now. It's not that far away, but obviously this would be a major undertaking. They would have to start construction most likely by 2026, and it sounds like it's a long way away, but it's not. Nope. The Haslam's timetable for all of this is faster than the city's timetable because the Haslam's obviously don't want to get caught between a rock and a hard place where they have no negotiating power. Sure. Yep. Right now, they go to the city and say, guys, we're six, six years off. This is what we want to do. We can do it with you or we can do it on our own. So according to this article, the talks between Mayor Bibb's office and the Browns have stalled. They haven't gone anywhere. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're at an impasse completely. They just, maybe because time isn't exactly of the essence, they can put this off a little bit. What do you want the stadium to look like? Do you want it to have a roof and where should it be? Is yeah. a suburb an option? Right. I mean, I listen, I don't know from an economic standpoint what makes sense. I, I will put that out there. I'm no economist. I do know that I think owners should pay for their own stadiums. But for the most part, that ship has sailed. However, I do think they need a new stadium. Yeah. And to me, it's 100% should have a roof. I understand there's a segment of the fan base that's like, we're tough and we can sit in the cold and the snow. But most people in reality don't want to sit in the cold and the snow. No. And you want it retractable? Absolutely. I mean, that would be <laughs> ideal. Yeah. So if you had retractable, you could still have grass. Yep. Right? You know, sure. Which the players do prefer over the turf. Well, Absolutely. and the union prefers it too because we've seen these synthetic turf stadiums. There have been a rash of injuries, and they're still compiling data to see yeah. if there's been more ACLs. I mean, if you're going to spend like this kind of money anyway, and you're going right. to do this, you got to do it right. Yeah. yeah. Don't. If you're spending whatever billion, I don't even know how much it costs. Right. An absurd amount of money. It'll be over a billion dollars. Right. So don't cut it off at 80%. Go the full way. Yeah. Now, one of the things that surprised me as I started yeah. putting all the timing of these stories together. Yeah. The Haslam's just spent to get 25% interest of an NBA team no one here cares about. Right. The amount of money that they could have built a brand new stadium with here. So if they try to cry poor 
right and say man the city needs to pay for it guess what's gonna happen that's right <laughs> this city, as much as we love football they're gonna tell them to pound sand right because you just spent the amount of money you could have built a stadium for for an ego purchase that's right Which so don't no, cry yeah. poor to us and ask no, us no, no. to now you know tax incentivize your stadium it won't work no it seems important to me though that the stadium stays in cleveland there's someone born and raised here do you agree with that or i do you absolutely think-, think it belongs downtown yeah. i don't want to see it go yeah. to independence one of the p- things i've heard you know where the top golf is on yep. independence right there's uh, a lot of land there there's yeah. a lot of land there that's it's feasible but sure. the problem that you have when you do that with the Cavs thought and this was the trend at the time you remember in detroit they put the silver dome way out in pontiac right there was a thought at the time that you could get that land cheaper and that fans will travel. But one thing that we learned about Cavs games, the Cavs play 80% of their season in the snow season. And Richfield is in an area, if you've driven there, it's, it's, it's hilly. And, this, and the travel can be treacherous. Right. And if I'm on the west side of Cleveland, I don't know that I want to travel all the way to Richfield to watch a Cavs game. And when they moved and relocated downtown, it's central for everyone. If you live west, you live east, you live south, you're all converging to the same spot. You're not right. asking someone who lives on the east side to travel over an hour to get something that might be on the west side of town. So I do think it should be centrally located downtown. And I also think that this should be part of the renovation of downtown Cleveland. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to see them buy Burke Lakefront Airport. Knock right. it out. Yeah. Put it there. Yeah. It's basically, I can tell you because I, and you work out there too. Our gym right next door to the studio. Bo works out there too. Has all <laughs> windows that faces Burke Lakefront State, yeah. or, or Burke yep. Lakefront Airport. I could be in there two hours a day. I never see a plane come or go. I know. Ever. You know what would be and great? Real quick, before you do that, yeah. Bo, not only do we work out there, Jay, Anthony, me, and Earl's offices are right there. Nothing. Yeah, you see the air traffic. I'm there, I'm there eight hours a no, day. It, 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 Never. When, when there's an NBA All-Star game, that place is yeah, loaded sure. with rich people airplanes. When the World Series was here, loaded with private aircraft. I, I don't know what a city needs to have in terms of a secondary airport and a private airport. I, I'm sure they'd have to build another one somewhere else. Fine. Build it wherever. It doesn't have to be right yeah. next to the Rock and well, Roll. Couldn't it fame. just be at our main airport, a separate part? They just no. Gotta... I think it needs to be a separate oh, okay. facility. I, I, but Jay, I would tell, a... I would tell you to your point, and it would be amazing if they built the stadium there, yeah, and then built up around it, turned where the old stadium is into restaurants, housing downtown. I would be, love that idea. We need a beautiful like boardwalk walking path, like Chicago. Chicago. Has. I, yeah. We all understand Chicago Bitt has. Uh, plans for that. Like he, he's well, proposed there, plans for that. There, so there, if they move the stadium, that could be where it goes. Yeah. Now, none of that's been uh, no, right, been no, confirmed. Of, it's all just a dream. They're in the planning stages, which is better than where we were with the Jackson administration sure. that looked at the land and said, yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. And just never moved on it. No. Mayor Bibb is not going to do that. He if, is actively figuring out what to do with it. If we could turn, now think about it. You know, obviously I haven't lived here my whole life, but cl- downtown Cleveland from when I moved here in 2011 till now, is much better, much Absolutely. nicer. Yeah. There's been tons of improvements. It's been going up, up, up. Fourth Street. But if you could turn the lakefront with a new stadium, I know this is probably, what, 10 years from now, yeah. by the time it's all done? It would be. Roughly. The stadium would need to be open and 
and being used in 2028. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's literally wow. six okay. football seasons All right. away. Their, their yes. lease at First Energy is up in 2027. Right. So 2028, yeah. they okay. so 2028 so, season, they'll be but playing But between in that and yeah. doing all the other things, maybe let's say seven years from now that yeah. everything's done. It, 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 if you could turn it into a mini Chicago lakefront. That's what I've always it asked. It would be for. magnificent. Oh. People would come here. I think it'd be more of a travel destination, especially in the you know the winter. People don't go to Chicago in the winter either. It is no, what it is. Uh, yeah. you know, in the but summer, in the summer you go to Chicago. Even in the and fall, the falls here are amazing. Tens of thousands yeah. of people walking uh, along it's Lake incredible. Michigan. Now, one of the things that has always fascinated me is Cleveland does have lakeside residential, but it's not downtown. It's it's right. in Lakewood. It's, it's and, west of Cleveland in yeah. Lakewood. Right. Which you is go to Lakewood, over there. and there's condos and apartments lining the Along lakeside. The, I mean, on the west side, if you drive up Lake Road, Lakewood, Rocky River, Bay Village, beautiful. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's our, probably our most valuable real estate. It's amazing there, but we need it downtown. I mean, it would just be so incredible. Yeah, it some, would be nice. As someone who moved here less than a year ago and had never been to Cleveland, one of the things that initially drew me to the city was it's built around sports. Progressive Field, yeah. right in the heart of downtown. Yes. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, right in the middle of downtown. I could look at Brown Stadium, First Energy Stadium, whatever, from my apartment, and I could see the jumbo truck. Like it being there is, as a sports fan, such a cool aspect of the city. That it is. It feels like, and I know this is only in '99, so it's not that old, but it feels like the city was built around sports. And if you move, yeah, Brown Stadium, First Energy, whatever you want to call it, out to Independence, yeah, out to Brown, no, it, ta- it takes out what I think makes right Cleveland such a unique kind of place for right. sports fans and I agree yeah if they built up the lakefront oh oh my god because right now like oh let's god. face it when there's not a sporting event downtown downtown's dead at night. empty during the empty. you know dead but if you built up the lakefront more people living there yeah. you know nice new condos well and, one of the things that's helping is yeah. the Sherwin-Williams building is in progress they're building that it's gonna be huge it's by right by public square yeah, yeah. That's going to bring more, and they're already building a lot more residential. New residential is flying up in Ohio City. Yep. There's new residential planned. In fact, a a residential building is being built right now, right off East 9th, that is going to bring probably another 3,000 people downtown. Yep. Right. If the stadium project goes in at Burke, there will be many more residential buildings popping up there. What that will do is take our city from a ghost town after 5 o'clock and turn it into a hub. That's right. There will be people that need to go to grocery stores here, that are looking for restaurants here, retail. I've told the story many times about I was in town once on a, on a assignment for ESPN, and I forgot but to pack a belt. I had to go to, to the... Uh, Cracker Park? No, no, I don't. Uh, 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 steel, steel, steel yard, yard commons. Yeah. To find a belt, it's there was crazy. no men's clothing store located it's in nuts. downtown. We got to be the only metropolitan my, area in the country. My buddy who works for the Heat needed new pants, and he's like, "Where can I walk to us?" Yeah, there's walk nothing. To Crocker Park. There's yeah, nothing. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. But I do think that sports can help revitalize what's going on here because Absolutely. if that stadium goes where Burke is, and they can develop that whole piece of land, which is massive, with retail. And with residential, now you have similar to what the Rams and the Chargers, uh, Chargers. The Chargers, Chargers have yeah. in Los Angeles with SoFi. And, and what is so important, and I've heard this from so many people that I've met here, is there are so many 20-year-olds that move to Chicago and New York. Yeah. And then they come back once they're married <laughs> and having kids 
but they're not living downtown because they have kids, so they want to go in the suburbs because of schools or whatever. Right. We got to get the, more of those 20-year-olds to stay and live in Cleveland. I need friends. Even if they eventually, <laughs> even if they eventually move to the suburbs, which many people do in many parts of the country when you have kids, but at yeah. least if we have more 20-year-olds with better jobs staying downtown, it makes, it makes everything better. It yeah, we get Anthony in from Parma. So I hey, have get out of Parma. Get, the, get downtown. Yeah, no, I, it's nice in Parma, kind of. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people have speculated the stadium could go on the other side of the 90 bridge. So it's closer to the other two stadiums. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, uh, I just think you're more landlocked there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. You, you're going to whatever. Either way, you're going to be buying up a lot of real estate. Tons. And that's not going to be cheap. No. And they should do. They, they need to do essentially what the, the Cubs owners did at Wrigley is they built the real estate. They bought, bought all, everything, everything around. around. Everything. Yeah. And yep. bought, built, put, they put a hotel up. It's Wrigley, They put though. new restaurants. I mean, and I get it. Chicago's a bigger city with more money. But it, he, the Haslam's also wouldn't have to spend as much as the Cubs owners did no. because the real estate's not going to cost as much as, as it would in Chicago. Yeah. So they should be able to do a similar but thing, I, I just, and that would be great. I, I, I found it fascinating that on the same day that this feasibility study is released, we also learned that they just dropped $875 million on a team yep. well, that we don't care And if they don't about. cheap out on any of the stadium or any of that, then fine. Do whatever you want. Listen, but don't let that affect this. Yeah, I don't want to hear them say, well, we're going to need, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll fund 25% of it. The city needs to fund right. the other 75. No. No, you just spent you just spent $875 on another Maserati. Right. Sell the Maserati and right. build a stadium for this team. Right. I do we talked about the retractable roof dome real yeah. quick. You said retractable roof. Jay, where do you, where do you fall on that? Retractable yeah, roof dome? Yeah, absolutely retractable. So I was just curious. And Does anybody, do any of the recent stadiums have just roofs with no retractable? I mean, I feel like Not every that I know of, no. I feel like all the new stadiums. I think so, they all are retractable. Yeah. It's interesting. So I did some research this morning just because I was curious. Since 2000, there have been 23 Super Bowl winners. How many played outdoor and how many played in a dome slash retractable Their regular roof? season? Yeah, regular season. Uh, of the 23, well, the Patriots won a lot of those. Right, so they're outdoor. Um, the Buccaneers won two of those. The Chiefs won two. They're outdoors. The Chiefs won two. I bet very rarely does a team that plays in a dome win a Super Bowl. 20 of the 23 Super Bowl winners since 2000 have wow. been naturally outdoor well, how, how And many? that means absolutely nothing. Uh, but I'm just, just saying it was interesting. No, no, I know, but I think it well, is. Well, it could, it, there could be a tie. Follow uh, me. And uh, yeah, I don't know what one it is. The, but. One of the theories of the synthetic turf fields is that you're more injury prone on them. The players do not love playing on this. Right, that is and, true. And, and the science of it is those fibers are sewn into a rubber base. A grass root field, those grass roots can go three, four inches deep. And so it just stands to reason that on a grass field, if you assert enough force, you'll create a divot. But because this surface doesn't divot, it gives, and when it right. gives, it puts a lot of pressure on all of the hinge points right. on the line. But with a retractable the roof, angle. there's no reason you couldn't have a grass field. No. It's just cheaper to have a – You're right, but the out, if the outdoor stadiums are winning the Super Bowls, the teams that play in outdoor stadiums are winning the Super Bowls, maybe they're having to deal less with season-ending injuries to key sure. players. How, what percentage of the teams have outdoor stadiums? I'm not because sure. You the, said 20 of 33 were outdoor. That's not that high. No, of 20 percentage. of 23. 20 of 23. Oh, 20 of 20. The only oh. three teams since 2000 that have been dome teams were the Colts in 2006, the Saints in 2009, and the Rams two seasons ago. And they just moved to a dome stadium. Yeah, yeah. Everyone I mean, else since 2000. I mean, how many dome stadiums are there? 
Detroit. I don't know. Eight, well, Houston. I mean, I, I don't know. Jason in. But I'm just saying, yeah. it, it was interesting. I didn't think it would be that much. No, and then I, to see 20 of 23. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you, do you have a read to do first? Yep. Yeah, so I went out and I asked everybody what their thoughts were about getting a roof on the new stadium. And whenever we ask the internet, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. And all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So went and did a nice little YouTube poll with our amazing chat, and 84% of them out of 100 to 200 votes want a roof on that stadium. Yeah, I, I think, think most people, people do. come around. Yeah, I feel like when we would talk about this, because we've been talking about this in Cleveland forever, and I feel like when we used to talk about this on the radio five, six, seven, eight years ago, it would be more 50-50 or even heavier towards outdoor. And I feel like as the years have gone by and we've seen these beautiful new stadiums that look amazing, I think more and more people are like, well, I want to have one of those. A, listing, a retractable roof solves both issues at once. If you can get natural grass and a retractable roof, yeah. if they're willing to spend money on it, yeah. Yeah. it solves both That's what issues. they should do. I hope they, they I really hope that. that's what they do. It. If yeah. it means the uh, Haslam's need to sell the bucks. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Don't don't donate don't don't increase my taxes. Yeah. To build a house for a billionaire that owns another team that's in right. Milwaukee. That's right. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. And by I, the way, if Haslam turned around and sold his share in five years, it'd probably be worth even more. It'd be money. worth even more. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he did it for a short play to raise money to build yeah. a stadium. Maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> no. Those are. I mean, it's a great buying it's a great investment. To this point, it's always been a great investment. Isn't Look it, at how they've appreciated. Before yeah. bringing Jason, but eventually quick. it's going to hit a ceiling. But at some point, until that to, point, yeah. it is absolute horse crap that the richest people in America can just buy a sports team and make a gajillion dollars off it. Uh, Timmy, Jimmy Haslam has made what three times his money in the value of the Browns he's already. He's done, the nothing he's done nothing. To make it better. Same with the Dolans and the Guardians. He's done nothing. Done, but at least they've done things to make it better. The yeah. Browns have done nothing. But every yeah, right. every sports franchise is on the up and up yeah. as far as their overall evaluation. Right. Just, well, I, I did read a piece in Sports Business uh, a while ago. It's been a number of years where they were speculating like where all this ends. And they, they speculated that it won't be long before franchises sold for $5 billion. Now, to date, the Broncos have the record at $4.5 billion. Yeah, $4.5. Um, the Cowboys are – everybody's valuation, when the Broncos were sold for $4.5, everybody's valuation skyrocketed. Right. Because yeah. it's a comp now. Right. So the Cowboys are worth what now? $7, Seven billion? The Yankees. Silly. And the Yankees, I'm sure, yeah. are worth more than that. But it, at some point, yeah. this article theorized that it's going to hit a cap, a cap where they realize that okay, they've grown exponentially, but it can't continue Eventually to go on forever. Stop, yeah. yeah. Do you know who's not worth seven billion? Well, he's worth just under that. Jason Lloyd. Yeah, he's six point six point nine. Yeah. There he is. Hey, have you seen Jimmy walking yes, around the walking around the draft yet? If you do, get a video of him. I- <laughs> so we can replace the one that we have exactly <laughs> yeah yeah right with the toilet paper I, I have not seen any <laughs> there it is there it is the one video we have last year from the owners meetings yeah, yeah. that's it. i think that was the owners meetings in it florida was, yeah uh so I, I have not seen anyone from the browns yet andrew's supposed to talk at one o'clock so when we're when i were done here i'm gonna head down there i i am right now at the hub of the combine I told Anthony I wanted to have some fun with it and do it here. I'm at a Starbucks, and this is so. the place to be at the Combine. Like, this is where everybody hangs out. And I, yesterday, a reporter had Ron Rivera over there for a half hour in the corner. And uh, Sean Payton was up here a few minutes ago. I was chatting with him real quick. 
and Quazy walked through the GM from Minnesota who came from Cleveland. And this is just the this is the spot. So if you're ever in Indy during the NFL Combine, you want to see all the NFL people, just come to the Starbucks outside the JW Marriott between mm. the JW Marriott and the Convention Center. <laughs> and this is where everybody hangs out. So I thought it'd be a little bit fun to to do the hit from here today rather than a stuffy workroom or radio row or something. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. hell, yeah. Jerry Jones could walk in the back of your live shot at any That's second. Right. Or or yeah, I could. Yeah. Or, yeah. J- hey, Jason, we were just talking about Actually, a pot- Dallas gets here today. Dallas comes later tonight. Oh, okay. But you're right. Somebody could come. We were just talking about, you know, potentially a new stadium downtown or whatever. We were talking roof, uh, retractable. Your best bet, you know, whenever this happens, let's say six years from now, five years from now, whatever it is, do the, do the Browns have a new stadium? Does it have a, at least a retractable roof? Is it downtown? What's your best guess right now? Ideally, I think they should build, go to Independence, oh. go to 487 by Top Golf, and build a palace surrounded by mixed use development, retail shops, apartments, and he can own the whole thing. But that sucks for downtown, Jason. We don't want that. That also Why? sucks for the people living in Parma. There's not enough roads for traffic. <laughs> Well, it's not for people it's, downtown it's more because centrally located. Well, it it, it is as as suburbs go. It it is. I, I think you know you you're better off going there than putting it somewhere on the far west or far east side. Um, so that is centrally yeah. located. But we we were talking about the activity and the life that the stadiums currently bring to downtown Cleveland, and the thought would be this would not just be in use ten to twelve days a year. You would have multiple events every month at this stadium. You could do tractor pulls. You could do all kinds of things inside this domed stadium to generate more revenue. And also at the same time, let that be the centerpiece to the downtown renovation, which is coming most likely in the Lake uh, Burke Lakefront area and the area where we're located here on Lakeside Avenue. Um, do you get a sense that the Haslam's are leaning more towards taking it out of the city? And could that just be a negotiating chip with the city who would obviously love to keep it here? Yeah, everything's a negotiating tactic. So I, I, I think that they have discussed my idea. I was talking to someone actually just yesterday about this. And I think that has come up in discussions about going out there by Top Golf, where there's a ton of land and doing it. That's what New England did in Foxborough. Uh, it's really that's the model for the whole thing. The Uber well, for LA Foxborough just did Stadium that with SoFi. Yeah, it's still to come. Like the stadium's there, but there's not really a lot around it yet in Inglewood. It's still pretty rough, but that's the plan: is to build up that whole area around it. Right. But it's funny because the Uber drop off in, in Foxborough for the stadium is in front of like Ruger's Bagels. Like that's yeah, right. where the Uber drops you off. It's this whole strip mall <laughs> right in front of it. I think the model, if you're if you want to talk stadiums, the model to to follow, in my opinion, is Minnesota. The, the stadium is beautiful. It's it's right there in line. I was, We were there last year, obviously, for the Vikings game, Vikings-Browns. It's right in line with SoFi. I haven't seen the Vegas stadium yet, but I've been to SoFi, and I've been to U.S. Bank in Minneapolis. And the way that Minneapolis built the retractable roof, the way that they funded it, I think we talked about this on the show before, they don't have legalized gambling in Minnesota, but the state got creative, and you can buy pull tabs, electronic pull tabs through charities, and they taxed those, and they were so successful that they're ready to pay off the the, the public portion like 10 years early. And the Haslam's have more money than, than the Vikings do, than Vikings ownership in the Wolf family. So, like, 
I, if, if I'm the Haslam's and, you know, we're going to be cutthroat business people, I'm holding up the Buffalo deal. And the amount of public funds that Buffalo got is staggering. Jason. And I, the trend had become. Well, I, real quick, the trend okay, had become, finish. if you want it, you build it, you build it yourself. So the Wolves had to put up like half the money for Minnesota, which I think, again, is the good model to use here because they can afford it. Cranky built the whole thing himself in L.A. Like there is no public money that went into that. The Buffalo deal blew that out of the water. They got so much money from the public. I'm really curious to see now where this goes next uh, and, and how this shakes out. But I, I think you have to – I don't think you can renovate that thing. That thing's a piece of crap on the lake. And I've talked to people who, who have done stadiums, who have built these things, who said you can't salvage it. Like it's just not salvageable. You can't put a roof on it. Just knock it down and do it again. I would not put it there. I think it's a terrible location. I would move it to the suburbs uh, if I'm the Haslam's. Put up half the money and get publicly funded for the other half. Try and hire the right lobbyists. Uh, change state laws to get some of this new gambling revenue that's coming in to help go towards stadium costs and stadium builds. And go build a palace out there and just rake in the cash. Yeah, the idea that you could ever put a roof on that stadium and feel safe no. in an area where we get, could get a foot of snow in one day. Um, that's like the idea of I, I buy a coupe and I decide I'm going to weld, arc weld the top off and then I'm going to have a convertible and it'll be great. And there's going to be no problems yeah. with it. Like you're not going to retrofit an existing stadium and suddenly put a dome on top of it. That thought is nuts. But we were talking here and Bull just made a fascinating point. I want your thought on this. I find the timing of the, the release of this feasibility news very interesting to me because it comes on the heels of the Haslam family writing an $875 million check to become minority owners in a team in a different league that's not anywhere near Cleveland. I don't want to hear them cry poor. We need public funding to build this stadium. No, you don't. You just wrote a check for another toy that would have more than covered the expense of a new stadium. Don't raise my taxes. And I know the Buffalo deal is different, but in Buffalo, that I think that's a lot different, Jason. It's their only, they have a hockey team, but they don't have basketball and they don't have baseball. Yeah. And I would argue that the Bills probably mean more to the people of Buffalo than even the Browns mean to Cleveland. Because we have other teams. We lost our team. We survived. Buffalo I can, Buffalo is built around the Bills. So it makes sense they would get more public funding. I'm just not sure that the city of Cleveland and the taxpayers in this area are going to be okay with helping billionaires build a stadium when they just spent $875 million. And to, and to that point, you know, the Guardians just went through this. And it was a non-starter. Like, it was never even broached about building a new stadium, which, I mean, honestly, Progressive Field is outdated. Now they're doing the best they can. It's a beautiful facility, and they've done a fabulous job of taking care of it and maintaining it. But it's outdated. You know, it's 30 years old. And But the idea, because they knew Cleveland just didn't have the money for it, and, and it was never going to happen to where they were going to get a new stadium, so they're going to make do with what they have. Obviously, ownership situation structure is a lot different with Dolan's compared to the Hazards as well, and and that's why I go back to, I, I don't think, I don't think that Jimmy's going to build the whole thing himself, even though that's exactly what they did in L.A. But I think he could put up half of it. I don't think that's being unreasonable. If it's a billion dollars, you can put up half of it, and then you figure out the rest. 
on the on the funding because there are going to be public dollars involved. I don't disagree with you. You're that rich. Go build it yourself. You just wrote a check for the bucks. I agree. But that's just not usually that's just not reality. Bull, tell uh, but, you a low-key you know, I mean, brilliant idea. I, I said, <laughs> I said, Jason, maybe he, uh, you know, the, these the value of these franchises just keeps skyrocketing. Maybe he put it at $875 million in Milwaukee because five years from now it's worth $1.3 billion and it, now he just made $500 million that he can use towards the stadium. By no, that's not going to happen. They're not no, no, flipping it. He's not, he's, not worried, he's not worried about raising money so that he can ease the burden on the taxpayers of Cleveland. Well, then he's he worried about pay for the whole thing himself, the Jason, if he's not worried about the money. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. And here's the other thing. Five but, years and, from now, and, if Adetokounmpo isn't playing in Milwaukee, the value of that franchise is true. likely in the tank. That's true. So, well, I mean, yes and no. The the Bucks are, it's still, you guys just said it, the valuations on these things go up and up and up. Yeah, and the Bucks situation is really interesting. Uh, you know, I heard you guys talking about it. You're exactly right. Like, so normal people invest in real estate, right? Billionaires invest in pro sports teams because they they, just, they they can, and the valuations just go higher and higher and higher. The Milwaukee situation is interesting. Basically, you know, the, you show the clip of, of Jimmy at the owners' meetings last year. That's where, you know, we sat down with them and had a conversation, and that's where I asked them, like, did Pittsburgh prepare you for – and I'm tying this all back to Milwaukee. Did Pittsburgh prepare you for Cleveland, owning the Steelers, being minority owners of the Steelers? And Jimmy laughed and said, no – like when we walked in, they had Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and Ben Roethlisberger at the three most important positions, and we thought this was easy. Well, that's what they just did in Milwaukee. They just walked in a, into a championship team in Milwaukee that had yeah. stability at GM, head coach, and a superstar in Giannis. They've already won a championship. Yep. That to me is is Jimmy saying, "We can't build a winner, so we're going to go buy into a winner." <laughs> you know, they've had so much trouble getting it right. It's just like it's just like they did with the quarterback with Deshaun. We can't find a quarterback, so we're just going to put outrageous numbers of zeros on the check until he says yes uh, and it was you know and that's how they got to sean and now you know we've struggled to build a winner and and i'll give jimmy credit like he desperately wants to win he will spend whatever it takes to win and and we've seen that and and, and that really i think is, is why he's writing the check now to go to the bucks and maybe then get another championship and the, the interesting part from milwaukee side is mark lazary the minority owner who's selling his shares to jimmy Obviously, you, you've got money if you're owning a team, but Lazary is not wealthy enough to compete with where this thing is headed in the NBA and where the Bucks' luxury tax is headed. They're going to have monster luxury taxes coming up trying to keep this thing together with Giannis, Chris Middleton, yeah. Brooke Lopez. So they needed to raise capital in a hurry, and this is the way to do it. So Lazary sells his shares. He cashes out, makes a ton of money. Jimmy comes in. They basically want Jimmy for his checkbook. So Jimmy's going to write the checks. And 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 that way they'll be able to keep Giannis and Middleton and Brooke Lopez together. And I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and said, like, well, Jimmy's just toxicity and incompetence in Cleveland scare off Giannis. And the answer was basically not right away, but losing Middleton or Lopez in the short term would. So they've got, I think, two years. I think it's two years with Giannis before a player option comes up and there's going to be decisions. and You're going to start hearing about could Giannis leave and all that. And the best way to keep him is to keep the talent around him, well, and that's why Jimmy in Milwaukee makes sense. Because I asked somebody yesterday, why not just build, why not go by the Suns? Like, the Suns are available. Just go by Phoenix, and you're outright owners. And basically what I was told was it was too far. And I said, geographically or financially? And the response was both. Yeah. So I by do way, think that they like the fact that it's Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Columbus. They've got their teams that they own. Fairly short plane right away. 
and Phoenix was a little bit too far geographically, and the price tag was a little bit higher than what they were willing to go. If you're a Cavs fan, like, you got to be pissed about that, though. Because Jimmy going to Milwaukee yeah. helps one of your rivals stay better. Yeah. yeah. 100%. From a PR the standpoint, term. it's not great for, for I hadn't really thought about it that way. No, I thought about it immediately. Well, like, I didn't because I didn't. Buy a Western Conference team. Well, but no, I didn't think about it because only because Lazary, I, I didn't know Lazary was so far behind Jimmy. I just assumed they would keep Giannis anyway. But if the reason they brought in Jimmy was specifically to try to keep Giannis there, that hurts Cleveland. Well, but, somebody would have done it. If not Jimmy, yeah. somebody would have done right, it. Right, but, but let it be someone let it be someone else and not Jimmy. Here's what I envisioned immediately, Jason. It's not outside the realm of reasonability here. Um, a Milwaukee Cavs Eastern Conference final. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. Uh, that's next, gonna be an yeah. awkward spot for Jimmy Haslam to walk in. I don't think he cares. He, he wants doesn't. to win. He obviously doesn't. Or he Browns fans care. He just wants to win. Yeah, Browns yeah. fans care. Sure. Yeah. But he's he's but, already I mean, proven but that. Do they really? Because. No, we'll keep coming back. I mean, so I think what, he's assessed the exactly market it. here. He has assessed the market. You know yeah. what he's decided? He could basically put horse manure on the field. And yeah. we're all going to show they up. Have. And we're all going to spend our money. They just they raised have. ticket They're prices. Right. They have. Another right. crappy year, and they just raised ticket prices again. <laughs> I did not see that yeah. Ben Axelrod tweet. Yeah. But that's exactly what I thought right away. Right. It's like it's going to be uncomfortable for them. The Browns have raised ticket prices. I know they're, they don't. Everybody's like, well, that, their ticket prices are on the lower end. Well, the cost of living in Cleveland is on the lower end, right. you know, just in general. But they, they've raised ticket prices a number of times over the last few years, even though the team has mostly sucked. Guess what? So It's our fault. We keep coming right. back. We have go. never, we've never reached the point where we said exactly it. we are. The, it's the cost of poker is too yeah. high. Yeah. We, we know what he puts on the field, and we keep spending whatever he asks us to to come watch it. Right. So in, so I don't know gonna what the breaking it. point is. At some point, there will be empty seats there again, and that's when they'll have to, yeah, have a come to Jesus and figure out how they fix it. Jason, you are in Indy for the combine. Barry yeah. speaking later today. Do you expect him to say anything earth-shattering or groundbreaking? <laughs> and, and I only say that because this is one of the few times where everyone knows he's about to talk. And, hey, if you want your questions answered, this is where you fire him off. No, he's not going to say anything. <laughs> we, we, we know he's not. He's not going to address the JJ3 stuff. Like, he's not going to say anything. So, it's kind of – it's performance theater, really, when you get in these situations and – Everybody has questions they want to ask. And, and that's why I told you the other day, Jay, when you, we were talking about the Deshaun podcast, and I said, man, I don't really care what he says. Because, yeah. and it ended up being a little bit more interesting than I thought that it would be. But I just don't put, I've been doing this too long. I don't put a lot of stock into what people say when the, when the recorders are rolling. I put stock in what they say when we shut them off. So no, that's just kind of where I stand on it. So do you think you'll be able to get anything from Barry when the recorder's off? Uh, I don't know. Can't say that. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see after a cocktail or two. I'll ask you get uh, off here. I'll text yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you – are you interested – like, do you care – you don't care about the prospects, right? All you care about is – He's, leaving, he's leaving tomorrow night. Yeah, you don't care about the prospects. Yeah, I'm out tomorrow night. No, I just came for – we had we had meetings all day yesterday for the athletic. We yeah. have our whole – we have probably 100 people here from the athletic. Okay. And it's obviously just a quick little drive from Cleveland. So, I came – I came late Sunday night. We were in meetings all day yesterday. Uh, we'll get AB today here in about an hour. Kevin talks tomorrow, and then I'm out tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Steve Becker, I will be on the show Thursday. It was questionable whether or not I was going to be There's back in time. I will be back on the show 
I'll be back Thursday. I'll be back late Wednesday night, so I'll be on the show Thursday. Jason, we talk about breaking sp- news. Jason's back. Yeah, Sorry. we talk about uh, uh, split allegiance <laughs> when it comes to Jimmy Haslam. We also have another split allegiance situation. Zach Jackson writes for you guys. He's also a pitcher for the Oakland A's this late in his career. <laughs> how, how did that? Uh, you, are you guys aggravated at the Athletic about that? What? I don't know. I don't even know what you you're talking about. about. There's a pitcher on the what A's named Zach I, Jackson. There's a relief pitcher, oh, Zach well. Jackson, on the A's. I can promise you it's not our Zach Jackson. If he threw one pitch, his shoulder would fall off and you'd have to run after it and, catch it and try and reattach it. As would mine. Like, as would mine. So. Hey, let's get your we're, thoughts. We're not all built like Jay Crawford. We can't all pitch into our 40s. Yeah, right. And, and beyond. Before 50s. we let you go. Uh, He'll be pitching into his 60s. I will. Before we let you go, uh, your thoughts on the JJ3 news that, uh, you know, his release is imminent. And um, it seems more likely as you start connecting these dots that Jesse Bates is on his way, but it could be someone else. What do you make of all of that? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Not terribly surprised about John Johnson. We've talked about it on the show. At first, I was. When it first start, started to surface, I thought it was only because all of his money is guaranteed. Uh, but, you know, by uh, dating it post-June 1, they save about $9, 10000000 million on the cap. So he did not live up to expectations. He did not have a great two years here. You can argue that they didn't put him in the best position to succeed. They didn't take advantage of his strengths. Uh, regardless, it just it wasn't good. And and actually, as we're talking about Zach, Zach made the point this morning. This is two years in a row now that they had to cut ties with their top free agent signing, which they did last year with Austin Hooper, and now with with JJ three in consecutive years. And it, it, I think it also goes to show you that free agency is a crapshoot, right? Like it's you're not supposed to fill long term holes. It's it's stopgap, short term solutions in free agency because the very best teams don't give them don't give them away they don't let them loose they do whatever it takes to keep them so if 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 it is jesse bates it'll probably be at a higher number than what john's even getting or is supposed to get for next year uh i'm not sure it's a slam dunk that it's bates i think there's probably gonna be a lot of interest in him but uh, i can see why the browns are targeting him he's had a couple of good years and we'll see so i'm not terribly surprised uh at this point Jason, we saw a tweet from Cleve TA earlier about the post-June 1 cut and they can't use that money until later. I know you're not a cap expert Ologist. by trade, capologist, but what does it mean that they can't use that cash space until after June 1st? Does that matter whatsoever in the grand scheme of things here? I don't, I, I don't think so. I think it just – you can come to terms. It's sort of like the NBA. You know, you come to terms with guys, but they don't actually sign the contract until later. I think it's really all okay. it is. I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, Jason, you did say, like, I, I get what you're saying. A lot of cases, free agents, it's short-term contracts. But for the most part, Barry's done an awful, uh, awful job with free agents. Because I'm just thinking about it now. Look at the Bengals' defense. Trey Hendrickson, free agent, great signing. DJ Reader, free agent, great signing. Cheetah Bay Awuzie, yep. free agent, great signing. Mike Hilton, free agent, great signing. Uh, Von Bell, free agent, great That's five starters on their defense. That were all home runs, and not and, and the Bengals have I had would, their time when they've screwed up a lot. But right now, I mean, like who's Barry added in free eight? Like you traded for Cooper, 
Traded for Watson. Right. He traded for Watson. Posich. Posich was a home run signing. Posich was a great uh, pickup. I feel like he's had a cu- I feel like he's had a couple, but I have to. I don't have the list I went in front through of me. This morning, Jason, how, how was Walker acquired? Free agent. That was a free agent. Free agent. Walker. I mean, we don't know. He got hurt, but I but think, he, you know, he's been okay. Yeah. He, I went through him this morning. It's not a great track record. Put it that way. It's no. not great. Well, I, the draft I, I, isn't yeah. No, I agree. But I and I would argue, Bull, that the Bengals are the exception on that, and not that's not normal. Like they've they've done a fabulous job. And, that's and true. Full credit to them for doing that. But I, I, and, and maybe you can, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you'd be hard pressed to go through the league and find four or five other teams that have had that much success targeting free agents and, and keeping them um, and making them. I mean, I think Zach said it best this morning where, you know, free agency for most teams is like a year or two stopgap until you have a draft pick who can solidify that spot. So right. t- take a defensive tackle in free agency if you need to, and then you draft a defensive tackle who can fill that spot in 2025. Yeah, the, the uh, but we, I think that's the ideal way to approach it, but that doesn't mean that's how it always yeah, works. Generally, you're right. That's board. true. Well, the other thing we talked about too, Jade, is the fact that in Cincinnati, you've got a defensive coordinator who is going to be a head coach soon. He didn't get the job with the Cardinals, but he's certainly going to be a head coach soon. And and coaching matters. I mean, we saw Hill and Johnson come from the Rams, and we thought we were getting this great tandem. And Hill was bad. Yeah. He went back to the Rams and and came back to to his his previous heights with the Rams. So maybe it's just a fact that Joe Woods wasn't really good at putting players. We know this is the case with Johnson. It, uh, coaching is about finding what the players' strengths are and then putting them in positions to maximize those strengths. Kansas City starting rookies all over the field. Well, they can't be hitting on all of these draft picks and all of these rookies. A lot of this is coaching, and my hope is... I've been drinking some Kool-Aid this morning. My hope is Schwartz is going to come in. He's got a track record of being that guy that he figures out what talent he has, figures out what their strengths are, and collectively and individually coaches this group up to be much better. Ideally, yeah. That's why he's here. And you're right. Coaching matters and scheme matters and, and what you're asking these guys to do. And I just don't know. I mean, Johnson, John had a lot of, coverage bus and how many times did we point out where it just looked like a lack of effort and that's not scheme that's effort uh but there was a lot of times where he was where he was the one looking around i I think john was unhappy here he's never said that uh in so many words but i just think he was really frustrated by some of what was being asked of them defensively some of the positions that he was put in the situations he was put in and frankly i don't think he's very sad to, to be moving on to another team Mike's losing his mind here. What's going on? Mike? Jason, over your right shoulder. Is that not Director Steve's tweet uh, behind oh, you? Oh, I thought that earlier, too. It looks just like Director Steve like behind you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but that's oh, Director guy, Steve's the guy on the phone? Yeah, yeah, it's like Director Steve. This is the guy on the phone? Yes. Yeah. Ask that's him really if he funny. plays the drums. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It I thought the I thought same maybe thing was an NFL. Steve. I was hoping we could catch an NFL coach or GM or something in the background. Yeah, I've been watching for some reason to walk by. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody either. It's kind of a lull right now. There was a, there was hot early on, typically 8, 9 a.m. This place yeah. is packed. And then uh, some there was 10 a.m. sessions downstairs, and there's a little bit of a break now to like 11.30. It picks back up, I think. Uh, Why well, it's noon. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I thought maybe we could catch somebody here. C.J. Stroud says he's going to throw. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, a little bit. I, I didn't know that. I was, they're, I, they're all throwing Honestly, I haven't really paid attention much to the combine. Yeah, Bryce Young That's interesting. is not Yeah, because most guys don't. 
Yeah, I, that's why I was surprised. Yeah, I don't blame him. I, I surprised he was going to throw. I mean, yeah. it, I like the fact that I, I, I hate when guys say, I'm not going to run, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. If you're confident in your abilities and you think you can match what you put on 100% tape, agree. go yep. out there and do it. And to me, that's yes. a personality yep. check yep. for you. I like this guy. He's confident. Yeah. I, it, would, it would make me like him even more. Jason Lloyd, right. live from the uh, from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, go get a venti chai for me. Yeah. Um, skim milk. Yeah, and uh, Oh, there you go. There you Enjoy go. Enjoy the exciting nightlife yep. in Indy. St. Elmo's or Harry's? Which one, oh, Jason? St. Elmo's, 100%. Well, Harry and Izzy's last night and tonight, we got a big uh, – actually, all the Browns beat is going out tonight uh, to Harry and Izzy's. Who's the biggest so, party on the Browns I, beat? I actually – none, actually. It's kind of low Have key. you met these people? No, I have never been to a press conference with the Browns, so they won't even let us use the Not sound. Not a bunch of party yeah, Brown, animals. I, I can see, I can see Zach and Daryl throwing them back. Mary no, listen, Kay, it might nice be Jason Cosmo. Lloyd. Well, it's, definitely, definitely it's definitely Jason. Jason. Actually, <laughs> Actually, Zach was just here. I'm skipping over that comment. Zach was just here yeah. uh, right before we went on. And Zach, Zach cashed in early last night. He said, I got one night in me, and I got to use it wisely. <laughs> so he went to early last night. Yeah. Is, uh, that, is that because he's older now and he's just a little more judicious with yeah. his picking his spots? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I've been there. I, I can't do back-to-backs anymore. Can't do back-to-backs. <laughs> nah, got to take a – a load maintenance day. It's all about load management. <laughs> That's right. That's it's, right. Hey, by one thing, That's totally right. off target. What do you make of LeBron that yeah. he could miss a couple of weeks? I mean, I'm not. He's reached that age. It's. I'm surprised that we haven't seen this yet with yeah. him. He's he's of the age where injuries. And that was really the thing when he was ending his time in Cleveland. You know, was hey, listen, do the Cavs really want to commit the amount of money that it would take to keep him to a guy that? is at this stage in his career and is this old. And we saw it with the groin that took him out for a few weeks in, in L.A. And now with the foot that's going to keep him sidelined. It's probably the new reality for him. And I, I'm sure he's not handling it well. Uh, he likes to get out there and play. And this will drive him crazy. But I, I think that this is just the reality of where he's at in his career. He can still play at an incredibly high level. Yeah. But injuries are going to be a thing. It proves he's not a robot, number one, yeah. and it's unfortunate for him because, know. you know, they're three and a half games from the four spot in the West, but if they, if they yeah. lose him for a couple of weeks, I think they can kiss any they're hopes done. of the playoffs goodbye. It's going to be a tough, tough run for Yeah, sure. I really like what – we talked about it briefly. We talked about it briefly. I really like what they did at the deadline. I thought they fixed a lot of their issues, and, and they've played really well since then. They have. So it's kind of unfortunate for them. Yeah, bad timing. All right, Jason, Jason, have fun, and we'll see you Thursday. Later, Jason. All right, see you guys. Bye. Those those events are always fun because it's it's um, the, the it's a league wide event. It's like the Super Bowl and in, in, in a little uh, and and like the draft. SEC it's media a couple times me. a year. Yeah, it's a couple times a year where everybody that covers the league is in one place. And it boy the story, the best stuff that happens at the combine and at the Super Bowl right. and at the draft at we the can't put on TV. Right, sure. It's it's after hours. SEC was karaoke night on Wednesday night for SEC oh, media week. You guys live it up down there in the yeah. south. There's not a lot to do in Birmingham, Alabama. So <laughs> No, there's not. I've covered that a couple of <laughs> times, and it is bad. It is really bad. All right. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.